The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks continue to trade at records with the S&P 500 index advancing 11 points now to 2163, a gain there of six-tenths of 1%. We've got the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 136 points, up by seven-tenths of 1%. NASDAQ up 27 points to 5,033. That is a gain of six-tenths of 1%. Crude oil up at 45.53 a barrel, up 76 cents now. That's a gain of 1.7%. And gold down 10.90 the ounce to 13.32, a drop there of 0.8%. The 10-year down 16.30 seconds. The yield on the 10-year is 1.52%. So again, recapping, U.S. equities are higher S&P 500 index now up by five-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you, Bert. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Agriculture. Well, it uses a lot of chemicals. And Bayer has raised its offer for Monsanto. The shares of Monsanto up about 2.5%. Here to tell us more about this bid, it's worth about $54.7 billion, is Lydia Mulvaney. She is Agriculture America's reporter for Bloomberg News and joins us from Chicago. Lydia, thank you very much for being with us. Tell us about this new offer on the part of Bayer for Monsanto. Sure. Just a little bit of history. Um, so Bayer, the German chemical company, uh, made an original offer to buy Monsanto in May for $122 a share. And that valued the company around $53.4 billion. And Monsanto basically rejected that because um, they said it was too low um, and undervalued them. Um, so now they've come you know, come back with a higher offer today uh, of 125 a share. Um, that ups the valuation by a little more than a billion dollars, um, and it also um, includes a breakup fee of 1.5 billion if the deal doesn't pass um, regulatory um, regulatory scrutiny. Um, that was the sticking point in earlier uh, negotiations. What can uh, what can observers or investors uh, take away from the fact that Monsanto's stock is currently trading at one hundred and three dollars and eighty cents, but the offer by buyer, as you just described, is one hundred and twenty five dollars? Why is it so much lower than the offer? Um, well, there might be a, a little bit of um, uh, skepticism. Uh, basically, people thought, uh, or you know, a lot of analysts were saying, well, they need to really uh, be offering, you know, one thirty-five, one forty, uh, to really, um, you know, make some headway. So uh, there might be some feelings out there that it's a little bit less. Uh, than what's needed. All right. So is it possible that this party could get a little bit crowded? Could there be someone else such as BASF that would come in and perhaps make a bid for Monsanto? Well, 
people actually uh, think that, uh, you know, Bayer came back with this uh, announcement today because uh, Monsanto has been talking uh, to BASF on Bloomberg News, uh, reported yesterday that um, the two companies have been reviving talks about, um, you know, combining uh, their, uh, you know, their um, agriculture. Uh, so BASF has a, a chemicals unit. Um, and so uh, basically Monsanto uh, is a is a seed giant. Um, their uh, their biggest business is seeds, and um, you know if the if Monsanto and BASF combined, uh, that would make it the biggest company in uh, both seeds and chemicals. And it seems as though there are a lot of uh, chemical mergers, uh, particularly uh, the merger between uh, Dow Chemical and DuPont. That seems to be progressing. But the uh, takeover, the Sagenta uh, takeover by China National Chemical Corp., that's attracted a lot of regulatory and political scrutiny. Is that going to happen with any bid for Monsanto? Um, the Bayer and Monsanto uh, combination, it's been said that, uh, you know, that might – uh, have some uh, difficulty with regulators, and that's why um, you know Monsanto wanted the uh, uh, breakup fee in there. Um, they both do seeds, uh, so um, there might be there's more crossover. Um, but actually, you know, from people I've been talking to today, it sounds like um, there might be less of that with a, a BASF combination, as they don't do any seeds. So the only worry there would be. Um, uh, you know, Monsanto uh, makes Roundup. That's its main, uh, you know, crop protection um, uh, product, uh, weed killer. So um, they would have to look at that. But um, that's not like a big part. All right. Thank, business, yeah. thank you very much uh, for joining us. Lydia Mulvaney, Agriculture America's reporter for Bloomberg News, joining us from uh, Chicago. Let's turn our attention now to politics with Mark Halperin. He is, of course, the uh, host of With All Due Respect, co-managing editor for Bloomberg Politics. Weeknights, with all due respect, uh, weeknights at 5 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, D.C. Mark Halperin, I guess the uh, the new topic of the day is Donald Trump and his selection for vice presidential candidate. Tell us more. Well, it's, uh, it's being reported by several organizations that Mike Pence, the governor of Indiana, is the choice. We've spoken to a couple of Republicans who have been led to believe by the Trump campaign that it's headed in that direction uh, and that Trump can be expected to appear side by side with Pence in New York City tomorrow. Uh, on the record, campaign officials are cautioning no decision has been made, but I want to try to keep the surprise as long as I can, but uh, my understanding from all my sources is this is uh, set in motion now, and Trump would have to stop it and change his mind if it's going to be anyone but Pence. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about Mike Pence? Who is he? What does he bring to the ticket? Nowhere near as well-known as the other two believed to be finalists, Newt Gingrich, Chris Christie. This is not a guy who's been on the cover of Time magazine, uh, but he is well-known in certain circles that are important to Donald Trump. He's important, uh, well-known on the Capitol Hill. He was before governor of Indiana, he was a leading member of the House of Representatives, a conservative, social conservative, also kind of an economic populist, voted against the uh, bank bailout and some other big uh, big items that a lot of uh, Americans and, and Republicans in particular have turned on. Uh, very popular with the donor community, the Koch brothers and other leading uh, big donors within the Republican Party, of a big fan of Mike Pence, and uh, well-known among social conservatives as well. So 
Mike Pence is kind of an inside pick. He, uh, you know, people, I think, will find him to be a pleasant man, uh, a conservative, and uh, someone who can maybe build bridges to that part of the electorate uh, that Donald Trump still needs. Mark Halperin, are you already packing your bags for the Republican National Convention in Cleveland? Give us a preview. Well, I'm in Cleveland now. Uh, I was in Indianapolis yesterday chasing around Donald Trump and Mike Pence. Uh, but uh, this convention uh, is going to be uh, different than ones we've seen. First of all, there's a big fight going on today over the rules and whether there'll be any rules changes. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Could affect uh, future elections, to be sure, but perhaps also this election. Uh, and whether the delegates will be unbound or there'll be at least a debate about the question of whether delegates will be unbound from the results of the primaries and caucuses in their state. The speaker list was released today, and there's some familiar political names on there, some people from other walks of life. But I think the Trump family and uh, the, the vice presidential pick will probably dominate this convention in a pretty big way. Tell us about Donald Trump announcing the creation of an Israel advisory committee. Why is he doing that? Well, this is an issue that is important to a lot of Americans, uh, not just the Jewish Americans, but a lot of evangelical voters care a lot about the issue. And this is one where uh, Donald Trump hopes to go on the offense. It's an issue where President Obama's record on Israel, although he's quite proud of it, is one that uh, has critics. And, and this is an issue where uh, donors and voters in some states can be activated. And so uh, Donald Trump is uh, I think, trying to leverage the focus on that issue uh, with, inten that, with intensity on the part of some voters. Now, at the Republican National uh, Convention, there are going to be many non-politicians speaking, such as Silicon Valley billionaire Peter Thiel, as well as the oil billionaire Harold Hamm and UFC President Dana White. Tell us about why. What, is this, yeah. what does this tell you about the, the tone of the convention? We've seen business leaders speak at past conventions, but they take on a special significance. Of course, Trump is a businessman and not a politician. And so we'll hear from these leaders. And obviously, uh, the economy's front and center. These will be validators for Donald Trump to say that he understands how markets work. There's been a lot of debate about Trump's business record. How successful is he? Has he been successful at the expense of others who are less fortunate uh, and less successful? And I think these, these speakers are meant to kind of validate Trump's uh, record of success as a businessman. But the, all of the last five presidential nominees for the Republican Party, Mitt Romney, John McCain, George W. Bush, Bob Dole, and George Herbert Walker Bush, they're absent from this uh, this convention. What does that also say? Well, that Trump hasn't unified the party, and he's been clear that he thinks he can win without unifying the party. Uh, there'll be, there'll probably be, probably be uh, more signs of unity here than disunity. But the absence of those past nominees is uh, is some. It says quite a bit, and. Uh, the fact that two Republican presidents aren't going to be here does say quite a bit about Trump's failure to broaden out uh, keeping his existence supporters and broaden out and, and bring in certain segments of the country and of the party, including uh, some of the biggest figures in the establishment. Thank you very much for spending time with us. Mark Halpern is the host of, with all due respect, weeknights at 5 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Television and on Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, D.C. You're listening to Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox. Coming up. We're going to take stock of bank earnings. J.P. Morgan shares higher by more than 2%. We'll be speaking with Fred Cannon. He is the global director of research at KBW. Find out our bank stocks, something you ought to be buying. Also, we'll take a look at Israeli high technology shares. Why are they leading a tech rally? We've got Stephen Schoenfeld, the chief investment officer of Blue Star Indexes. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg. 
From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.